Hello and welcome. This is Modern Beers and 90s Nostalgia. I am your host, Justin Lamb, and this is episode 28. I know a lot of people who have a lot of close, uh, I don't know, close friendships? No, close something or others, close feelings, intimate feelings, sexy feelings, towards the number 28. And so to those people, I say, doot you get it. So welcome. This is episode 28. We have a, a bunch of good stuff here. Good stuff for me. If you're listening, maybe you can join me and pop open your own bottle and listen to your own music. No, I take that back. Don't listen to music while you're listening to this podcast. You will miss everything. I promise. Even if you try to do, you know, one ear music and one ear podcasts, it's not going to work. You're going to start singing along to the new T-Swift album in one ear, and you're just going to drown me out in the other. So please, for the love of God, don't do that. But I will have music for you, as you heard in the beginning and throughout, because we are talking about a band today, uh, or a guy, depending on how you look at it, and we have a great beer, and we're going to jump right into that right now, because there's no time to waste, people. No time to waste at all. We're going to try this year's batch of KBS from Founders, and we're going to listen to and talk about Nine Inch Nails, a.k.a. Trent Reznor, a.k.a. Uh, I don't know, one of the greatest bands of all time, one of the most talented people of all time. We'll get into it. we got a lot to cover. Let's do it now. All right, this year's KBS. Ooh, delicious. Uh, from Founders, that stands for Kentucky Breakfast Stout, if you do not know. And this is a release Founders does annually, and everybody makes a giant deal out of it. And it has won a number of awards and is typically in the top three, if not number one, beers um, of all time rated annually. So good for them. Good for Founders. Um, I've had this on draft a few times already, and I've also had a couple bottles already. And I'm going to share my thoughts and feelings on that soon. But brand new bottle. Got a nice clean palette right now, so let's give it a try. Let's give it a shot. Well, that's just delicious. And I would—I mean, I want to say, I, I have nothing against the beer that Founders makes. They make really good beer. Um, this obviously is no exception to that either. And KBS, once again, Kentucky Breakfast Stout. It is a barrel-aged, I'm sorry, a bourbon barrel-aged um, stout with chocolate and coffee. It is delicious. I believe it's just their barrel-aged um, breakfast stout, because they do make a normal breakfast stout. I could be wrong on that. I'm sure someone will tell me. But it is delicious. Um, it's very dark, just like a lot of Nine Inch Nails lyrics, which we'll get into later. But it's it's a really good beer, and... But I got I got to be honest. I'm kind of chilling out on Founders for a while, and there's a few reasons for that. Uh, first and foremost, uh, calm down, y'all. Calm the fuck down. Founders, chill out. Like I don't care how good your beer is. It did not cost you enough money to make that beer to justify a suggested retail price of twenty five dollars for a four pack of twelve ounce bottles. Sorry, no matter how you cut it with the real estate of the barrels or whatever kind of freaking excuse you want to give, 
that's way too much money. And holding a release day at your breweries, that's cool. Every brewery does that. It's awesome. It People get hyped about the release of the new beer. But then charging uh, 15 to 25, not 15, 15 is fine. But like CBS, for instance, $25 for a 22-ounce bottle of beer. Get the fuck over yourself. And people, if you think I'm being crazy, branch out. Go to small breweries all over this country. I've had barrel-aged stouts that are either identical or better than KBS at tiny breweries in places like Columbus, Ohio. So so go out and find other stuff, especially if you like barrel-aged stuff. That's a trend right now. You can find barrel-aged beers at nearly every single brewery. Stop spending all this money. Like, calm down. Founders, you are financially backed, all right? San Miguel uh, out of Spain, which is a huge, huge conglomerate, uh, owns 30% of founders, which technically it makes them not even a craft beer, according to the craft beer guild, or whoever the hell that is or whatever. It, you have to, you can't sell more than like 20%. And they sold 30% to a corporate beer conglomerate. So, and they're one of many, you know, like Lagunitas is owned by Heineken, which is the saddest news ever because damn, they're good beers. And you know, it's just going to go downhill from there. And there's a bunch more, but founders specifically, you guys need to chill the fuck out. It's not cool. You are literally price gouging people because they like your beer. And that's, that's a shitty thing to do. Like, just chill out. You guys have plenty of money. And then you have the nerve to go on on news stations and complain that there might be a, a tariff on aluminum so your cans are going to cost more. Are they? How are you going to afford those cans when you're selling bottles at 25 bucks a pop? Chill the fuck out. Take a step back. Remember where you started. Stop being assholes. End of rant. Sorry, but you guys, seriously... And like I said at the beginning, I love your beers. I'm drinking one right now. It's delicious. All day IPA is like my go-to summer beer, especially when I'm doing like yard work and shit. I love it. But I got to chill out on you guys for a while. There's way too many better beers and breweries that aren't getting enough attention and charging way less money. It's just nuts. I get all fired up about it. So end of rant, like I said, but founders kbs uh, you can find it in stores if you haven't had it i do encourage you to go get it and i might not go out and seek out founders beers to buy right now but if i'm at a bar that charges a normal price for a draft well yeah i'm gonna get it because at least bars aren't assholes and if they have a keg of kbs they're gonna charge it like a normal bourbon barrel aged stout from anyone else like nine bucks for a you know a snifter so fuck y'all. It's delicious though. Um, a lot of people still have their 2017. It's a great beer to age because of its high alcohol content. And the fact that it's already been aged, you can store it for quite some time. So a lot of people will do, uh, kegs of last year's and this year's beer so they can, you know, compare the two or do whatever they want to. I don't understand how, and I don't know if their menu was wrong. I was recently, I'm checking the side of the beer right now, but I was recently at a bar that had a 2017 KBS and a 2018 KBS. And yeah, the 2017 was 11 point something percent alcohol and had been aging for a year. 
And the 2018 is 12.3%. So I don't know if it went down. Who knows how science works? Well, I guess, I guess scientists do, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, it is great beer. If you find it, drink it. If you find a CBS, drink it. But if you have had it before and you like it, go find it somewhere else. Go find another bourbon barrel-aged stout somewhere. You'd be surprised how delicious they are. I recently found a lot of barrel-aged stuff from uh, Rochester Mills um, that's absolutely delicious. And they do. They did like a maple brown ale. Um, I've had barrel-aged IPAs, which is crazy. You don't see those very often, but they're delicious. But do what you want. I'm chilling out on Founders. Tired of giving them way more money than, than they deserve for the product that I'm getting. It's not magic juice, people. Just beer. t-shirt in the 90s i'm sure you know this next band nine inch nails or nin as you may have seen them spelled uh nine inch nails who essentially is trent Reznor. um he is the person that makes everything he does all the music all the vocals um i'm sure there's special guests here and there but for the most part it's just trent Reznor, which adds to the amazement of this fantastic band nine inch nails was founded in 1988 uh, which i also think that's funny like founded in 1988 by trent Reznor. what does that mean in 1988 one day he woke up and was like i'm gonna start referring to myself as nine inch nails and make music who knows but uh nine inch nails is fantastic the 90s held some amazing albums by them some of the actually in my personal opinion the only albums i listen to uh i try to jump on to some other stuff later on after hiatus after hiatus after hiatus with uh teeth and hesitation marks and blah 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 but the 90s gave you pretty hate machine the downward spiral and the fragile which are three beautiful musical masterpieces and yeah a lot of the music might be heavier and distorted but holy shit it's some of the best music ever and when trent decides to do I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Mr. Reznor. Uh, when he decides to do melodic undertones or little breakdowns with piano or some sort of synthesizer effect, it's some of the most beautiful things ever, like at the end of March of the Pigs. Um, Closer has a nice breakdown too. Closer, everyone knows that song because, hey, I want to fuck you like an animal, and so on. Uh, just absolutely amazing. But... Decided to be Nine Inch Nails in 1988, and 
Um, pretty little hate machine. Not pretty little. <laughs> I was thinking of pretty little liars. Pretty little liars. I'm going to get a hate mail for that. Uh, pretty hate machine came out in 1989 that had the single head like a hole on it as well as a number of other songs such as down in it which is a fantastic song um and was came out too i mean they had great critical acclaim in that genre of music but the things that he was able to do um with computers and instruments is absolutely amazing so like I said, pretty little, pretty, God, I did it again. Pretty Hate Machine uh, came out in 1989, and that was followed by The Downward Spiral, which is one of the most well-known albums of the 90s, specifically because of the single Closer. Um, I learned that I could do that a long time ago, and that's the beginning of Closer. And, you know. I want to fuck you like an animal. Uh, great song, but that whole album, March of the Pigs, Hurt, which Johnny Cash covered later and made like his own song, and probably I'd say at least 60% of the people that know that Johnny Cash song don't know that it's a Nine Inch Nails song. A lot of people are probably sad right now because they just found that out because they're like, fucking Nine Inch Nails, ugh, gross. What's that band? Fuck them. Then they're like, wait, what? That's a Nine Inch Nails song? That might have happened. That might have happened just now. I don't know you. Uh, Amazing though. And the music was loud and the lyrics were dark. And it was one of the first times, especially in the main, like in the mainstream, because Closer was being played like crazy, which is funny because you have to blurt out or blurt out, bleep out the, uh, the line in the center of the chorus. But it was, uh, it was one of the first times that atheism like came to the forefront of pop culture. Cause that's, and that's essentially what closer is about is kind of arguing with yourself about being an atheist when you're in love with someone that's not, that's how I interpret it anyway. And the rest of that album. Oh, so good. You guys, if you only know that song, you are missing out. March of the Pigs is amazing. And I feel like the whole song for March of the Pigs is just this big buildup to get to that part at the end. It's like, and doesn't it make you feel better? The pigs have won tonight. Do you guys like when I sing on here instead of play the song? This is the this is the breakdown I'm talking about. They can all sleep soundly And everything is alright And not to go backwards, um, but that song just reminded me too of more of some of the great ones from um, Pretty Hate Machine. Down in it, I mentioned Happiness and Slavery. Uh, that was on, if you had the, they did a Woodstock 94. I don't know if you guys remember this. It's like 25 years after the first Woodstock, we did our own version of it. Um, Happiness and Slavery was on that Woodstock 94 CD. Um, a lot of great songs off of that first album there, including, but not limited to, Terrible Lie, 
You know what you are. Terrible lie, so good. Terrible lie. Yeah. Um, and the best thing too, when he has a single, or they, I don't know how to refer to Nine Inch Nails, but when they, uh, when they have a single and it gets released, you know, like they used to release singles on their own CDs, it would just have a shit ton of remixes on it of that song. And Trent Reznor was just like, yeah, go fucking remix it. Go nuts. And he says, you know, I'll remix it too. Why not? And they'll just have like five remixes of the same song. And you get that a lot of times on CD singles back in the 90s. But you never got it as unique as you got it with this. Because the remix was typically like, oh, Fat Boy Slim remixed. I don't, I don't know. Spice Girls. Did Fat Boy Slim do a Spice Girls remix? Make that CD for me. I want to hear it. Um, but you, and then you get like instrumental versions and stuff, but Nine Inch Nails was, it was like a completely separate album, even though it was the single, the other four to six tracks on it were remixes of that song that made it a completely different album. It was fantastic. And it happened with every single he released, um, had like a whole was a great one. That's a great one. It's got a, it's got a mix of, it's either terrible lie or down in it. Great stuff. But back to the downward spiral. Uh, just an absolutely amazing album. Like I said, March of the Pigs and Closer that we all know. And then other songs on that album. Um, Heresy. Whew. There's another one. Didn't get played on the radio because the chorus is God is dead and no one cares. And if there is a hell, I'll see you there. But damn, that's a good song. Um, I do not want this. Big Man with a Gun. If you guys like songs about penises, that's a great one. Uh, the whole album is fantastic. And it's it's super loud and it's super aggressive. But I'll be damned if it isn't fucking amazing. So check that out. If you only know one or two Nine Inch Nails songs. Or if you're one of those people that's like, I know Closer. And you don't even know it's called Closer. You think it's called like, I want to fuck you like an animal. Either way, uh, check it out. It, there are... It's just so damn good. After um, the downward spiral came out, a very rare thing in in the '90s, and I, I do believe these started in the '80s, and then continued in the '90s. By 2000s, there were definitely DVDs that I have a couple of, like Jimmy World and Ben Folds Five. But I'm talking about music videos, and not music videos like MTV music videos, though those were typically included. But like VHS 
music documentaries that included videos, concert performances. Uh, bands would release these. And now, I mean, it's common or you can just go online. All the shit's on YouTube now, right? So, but back then, Nine Inch Nails, for instance, released a dual cassette. That's right. Two VHS called Closure. And it had two tapes. The first tape was behind the scenes and concert footage that kind of like traced how Nine Inch Nails got to where they're at. And there's a funny little clip in there of uh, Marilyn Manson very early on because uh, Trent Reznor and Marilyn Manson knew each other and were friends and then had a falling out. And who knows where they stand now? Who cares? But uh, I remember watching that and being like, what the fuck am I watching? Because I was, what, uh, 14? And there is some uh, fucked up shit on that tape. And then the second tape were all music videos. And music videos themselves were fucked up. I mean, this was like a cinema of the bizarre situation. Uh, like, you know those black and white clips that sometimes you'll see in random stuff? Uh, if you're an Office fan, Gabe included one in his uh, cinema of the bizarre, or whatever the hell it's called, video that he gives to Aaron. Uh, with like, it's a, it's a time motion, what the hell is it called? It's a time lapse video of like a dead animal just decaying from like dead and bloated to like skin and bones. It's pretty fucking disgusting and super disturbing, especially if you're 14, you're like, what's fucking happening right now? Uh, that's also a good way to describe nine inch nails. Um, from a visual standpoint, what the fuck's happening right now? But shortly after closure that the two VHS, and then later, uh, I believe in 99, maybe it came out on DVD, uh, was released. One of, I, th- I think, maybe the best Nine Inch Nails album. And critically, I'm correct. If you look at reviews and everything and sales, uh, it is the best Nine Inch Nails album. The Fragile comes out. And the first single from The Fragile... And I say first single because I bought that fucking CD before I could actually get the album because the album wasn't out yet. The day the whole world went away.
This song blew my mind. This was at like the time of my musical awakening, and this was a time when I was really able to socially and mentally and emotionally uh, separate myself from music I, I started liking to fit in to music that I really, really loved and related to and enjoyed. And this was just perfect timing for this amazing song to come out. And the rest of the album followed suit. And this album came out five years after Downward Spiral. And Trent Reznor always releases these things in between. There was after Downward Spiral, there was like further down the spiral, which had remixes with guest stars and whatever. Um, but this was the first full length brand new album that came out since Downward Spiral. And there's five years between that and people were just waiting and waiting. And when it came out, disappointment was the furthest thing from people's tongue. You know how sometimes you wait for an album from an artist you really like, and you feel like it takes forever. And then you finally get it and you're like, yeah, no, it's great. No, it's uh, I'm glad I, I'm glad I waited so long for this piece of shit. Uh, no, this was absolutely amazing. Uh, this, the title track, the fragile, so good. The second single, we're in this together. Holy crap. Such a great song. Um, well, shit. Let's hear. Let's hear some of it right now. Even, even what you've heard so far, you can already tell this album went in a different direction. Uh, it's, it's a lot lighter, it's way more calmed down, and it's produced with this crisp, clean melancholy that makes it one of the most beautiful albums you could ever hear. Um, very piano-heavy in some songs. And the piano is played just beautifully and it's used as an instrument, not as an accompaniment, if that makes any sense. Um, but the whole album, I mean, it starts with Somewhat Damaged, The Day the Whole World Went Away, we heard that. The Frail, The Wretched, which is right before we're in this together, amazing. The Fragile after that. And when you listen to it, it's one of those songs where every song ends by bleeding into the next song and the next song starts with the end of the last song. And so you can listen to the whole album and you should listen to the whole album from start to finish. And it's just this one musical masterpiece. The fragile is so good. You guys, I highly encourage you to go out and listen to it. Keep an open mind depending on what you listen to, but it's really, really good. 
And the Fragile came out in 99, like I said, and the single for We're In This Together came out after the album release, still 99, but shortly after, whereas I mentioned before, The Day the Whole World Went Away came out before, um, also 99. But so one thing Trent Reznor does, and still does to this day, I think we're on number 37 or some crap, maybe it's 31, who knows. Um, He numbers his releases uh he catalogs them and he does it publicly right on the label um on the back of the cd underneath the like record company's address or whatever it'll say halo and then a number like halo like i got a halo on my head um but it'll say halo one halo two halo three halo four etc halo one was 1989 single down in it and we're in this together the single from the fragile was the last one of the 90s at halo 15. so if you think about that just put things in perspective the single down in it halo 1 1989 the single we're in this together number 15 halo 15 1999 so 10 years and there's 15 different albums and even the singles, like I said, have multiple tracks on them. Uh, and there's one song I didn't mention that I don't want to brush over too much because the song's so good. Uh, the Perfect Drug. And that song was featured in the Lost Highway soundtrack in 1997. And it's not on an album. It's just on a single by itself or it's on the soundtrack. And Trent Reznor did the entire soundtrack to that movie. And he continued to do soundtracks and um won a fucking oscar he won an academy award for the social network soundtrack and has won grammy awards for soundtracks he is a musical genius nine inch nails is a fantastic band if you are skeptical of them for some sort of moral or religious reason uh, ain't nothing more religious than music folks so give it a hear give it a listen Hear it and listen it. You heard me. Like I said, I'm drinking KBS and it's 12.3%. Uh, seriously, go check them out. If you don't know much by Nine Inch Nails, go on iTunes, Pirate Music, whatever you do. It's so good. Uh, the Fragile is a nice starting point if you don't like stuff super hard. But if you want to dive right in, go back to the beginning with Pretty Hate Machine downward spiral after that and then the fragile you want to follow him into the 2000s go nuts i choose to pick and pick apart little songs here and there the last 18 years nine inch nails hit it i got my head but my head is unraveling can't keep control can't keep track of words traveling i got my heart but my heart's no good Shaking me, turn off the sun, pull the stars from the sky. The more I give to you, the more I die. And I want you. And I want you. And I want you. 
Hey, that's going to wrap it up. That's going to close it out. That's going to shut it down. Episode 28 is over. It's over. Bye, guys. I'm going to miss you so much. (laughs) No, seriously, though, I tattooed your name on my lower back. I'll show it to you sometime. Um, Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Beers and 90s. If you have a request for a beer or a topic or just want to tell me what an asshole I am, you can email me at, um, what's my email? (laughs) Beersand90s at gmail.com. And subscribe, share with your friends, tell them hello. I'm going to keep doing this as long as you guys keep listening. Maybe. But thank you. Thank you. Have a great week. We'll see you for episode 29 next week. Yeah. Bye-bye. I hurt myself today To see if I still feel I focus on Oh, mm-hmm.